This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's good to be with you. I wanted to direct your attention to our upcoming conference, September 22nd and 23rd, Dr. Jonathan Gibson and Dr. Miles Van Pelt. Speaking on God to us, a theme of God's covenantal relationship and that pattern that is woven through all of Scripture, this is actually one of the things that first attracted me to Reformed theology. I'm super excited for the the theme, for the topic, for the conference. You can get details at ReformationBoise.com. Do we know who registered first, by the way? Oh, boy. We invited Josh yeah, back yeah, into the studio. A couple weeks ago, there same, were some people same. that why still do, didn't register. I don't know if Russ has yet. Do, I have not, actually. Jonathan? Yeah, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Uh, Jonathan, have you registered? No. Okay. We're going to set up a special tent for yeah. uh, Jonathan I've announced and uh, it. Russell I've announced outside. registration, but I have <laughs> yes, not, yes, yes. I have not so registered myself. maybe... By we, next we, week, we, we, Russ and I know that they can't will, start without um, us. <laughs> we will register. Jonathan and I will register. So. I'm just pointing to that. Who's really committed to the conference here? That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm registering. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> we Probably are not as early doing as Josh, but. rapid fires. You guys are trying to derail the show, <laughs> and it's worked. Um, but if we can regroup. We'll try. Oh, boy. I mean, this is, I mean, if I may. This takes me back to being a teacher <laughs> and um, trying to regain control of a classroom. Are you saying Big, you're, we're equivalent to your a students? room of teenagers? My teenage students, yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking yesterday about what led us to become ministers, what advice would we give to those that are seeking ministry. Today we want to just kind of dovetail off of that just slightly. What do you know now? that you wish you had known when you had started? Or the other way to ask the question is, what would you say to your, quote, young ministry self? I think there's a, a Christian song, something about younger me or something like that. Mm. So if you want to sing it, you can. But what, what advice would you give? What would you want to know? What, what do you wish you would have known when you started? What advice would have you given? So Ryan pointed out yesterday that you three are in Presbyteries. I'm in an independent church at this point anyway. I would have told my younger self, uh, get other pastors in your life immediately. Mm. Um, not just the pastors at your church, but be in relationship with other pastors at other churches. I've said before that this is kind of like my presbytery uh, because I'm in relationship with all of you guys, and those relationships have been invaluable to me. I, uh, Looking back, my young self, I, I, I am not one that typically – just my natural bent. I, I don't ask questions that much. I'm I'm kind of the kid in class who kind of sits in the back and just listens to everybody else ask questions and glean from them. But uh, looking back, 
I, one advice I would have for myself would be, especially going to an established congregation, just kind of ask what things are done, what's some of the history behind it. You know, I went in, it was drilled into me in seminary. Thankfully, this m- mantra one of our professors had is that we're called to be shepherds, not cowboys. Mm. What he meant by that, we're not to go into a situation with guns blazing and change everything, make all these drastic changes. You just guide and you shepherd and you lovingly care for people. So I went into a context thinking I was doing that, but because I didn't ask questions, I inadvertently made some substantial changes that caused some problems earlier on in my ministry that I had to work through. Just a little aside, we were told in seminary, don't change anything for a year. Mm-hmm. That whatever is in place in the church. Unless there's heresy. <coughs> unless on. there's heresy. Yes. 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 Unless, unless, there's they're having, unless they're using Coca-Cola and Twinkies for the Lord's Supper or something yes. like or that. they're burning their children to Molech or um, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, other than those. <laughs> um, but like of the circumstances right. of, you know, yes. just let them yeah. be for a little bit and just enter into, and I, that was actually one of the best pieces of information, advice, just sure. practical advice coming into a church. I'm sorry, and go ahead. That, this is a, the same professor used kind of the same story of, I think he was in his context for, I think he didn't put a time frame on it, but I think it was like two or three years. Mm. And then this little elderly saint came up to him and said, you know, you can make this church your, you know, you can make some changes if you want. So then at that point he realized like, okay, now we can start moving forward. Mm-hmm. But he also used the phrase in, in addition that we're not shepherds or no, we're not cowboys, but shepherds, uh, dripping water on a rock. You know, how do you shape a rock? How's a rock formed? You know, it's you a hammer. Just, you use a hammer. You, you <laughs> just drip water and Chisel water and slowly hammer, over right? time shapes the rock. There's a verse in Jeremiah that says you use a hammer. Uh, <laughs> so what I was say, teaching there was another. In heresy, yes, you use a hammer. <laughs> you smash that bronze serpent to dust. Twinkies and Coke. Um, <laughs> I had a coworker. Um, he and I had been friends for life, and he was a solid Christian guy. And sometimes in, in the course of the day, we would commiserate together about different things of, of our life as teachers and he had a saying that was water on rock water always wins and it was his way of saying that we're dealing with these knuckleheaded hard-headed teenage kids but water on rock mm-hmm. eventually the rock wears down and i, I think you know what well, i mean by that is you just slowly yep, teach over yep, time you yep, know you don't mm-hmm. look for drastic change you just slowly teach and eventually things change I, you know, my younger self, I have to link, look back way back. <laughs> but this question Get is more difficult on. for some of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-industrial yeah. age. I, I, I've forgotten certain things. Back when so Henry when, Ford was. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I did. If I, if I was talking to my younger self, I would say, buy a car. <laughs> Riding my Sell horse. horse. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is true. Um, I I do think that um, oh uh, I would have I would have probably told myself to allow myself to have more friends within the congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you create certain walls so that you don't let people into your life, and then maybe not always even intentionally. Not intentionally. Not mm-hmm. intentionally. But I I think that. I will say that in every church I pastored, there have been people that were very close and that have been very important in that respect. But I think that there are certain fears that you have of, of just being normal. That And I think that I would have probably become normal 
a lot earlier in my life. You know, in terms of, you know, it's like I, I think it was Steve Brown that said, uh, you know, told about a congregation that told him, you know, we've had other pastors that tell us that they're sinners, but you're the first one we believed. <laughs> and I, I think that there would be a little bit of more normalcy that way that uh, would have been helpful. I think I would have just told myself that every situation is much more nuanced and complicated than what it might appear at the first. Hmm. That there's more angles, more perspectives that you and just slow down time is actually a friend not an enemy and and i think in my younger years i was a little bit too quick Mm -hmm. to come to a conclusion make a decision act on an opinion whatever it might be and you just have to slow down a little bit and i think in more of my youth you you think if i don't take care of this right now the whole church is going to crumble and it's really never quite like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have wanted to slow down a little, but Hmm. yeah, there's a, there's an advantage to weathering a storm that, uh, you know, rather than just trying to find the shelter, Um, you know, you can get, you can get through certain things that you didn't think you could get through. Uh, When you look back, you know, maybe there's decisions that you made too early, as you're saying, uh, because, because you you're trying to be the fix all the time. Mm-hmm. Just shifting gears slightly here, as a pastor, what book has had the greatest impact on your understanding of leadership? So, a very specific question here. So, what book has influenced your perspective on leadership? So, I don't know if this is the uh, it's certainly probably not the best book on leadership, but it impacted me the most. Paul Tripp. Hey, it doesn't have to be the best book; it just has to be the your best. <laughs> your best. So, book. this book called "Dangerous Calling" by Paul Tripp. He what he does is he zooms in on the heart of the pastor. Mm-hmm. He applies the gospel, of course, to the way that you lead, but he basically says that you're the biggest danger. <laughs> You in are the church. And yeah. I have to say, so it's called Dangerous Calling. And what's interesting about this book, this is an earlier edition. Check out the names who endorse this book. Okay, the endorsements prove the thesis. James McDonald, uh, he was a pastor, but since been um, brought up yeah. on charges of, of hiring a hitman. Uh, Joshua Harris, he's since left the ministry and, and has endorsed LGBT stuff. Tulian Chavigian, grandson of Billy Graham, had an adulterous affair and have kind of disqualified himself. Those men, at the time that this book was published, endorsed this book. Mm. It proves the endorsement of the book. This is the pastoral ministry is a dangerous calling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. There was one book I read um, uh, called Leading with a Limp by a guy named, I'd have to look it up to remember his name, Dan Allender. But he's he approaches it of the you know oftentimes positions of leadership you know, you almost have to put on there's tendency to kind of put on a, a false front like you can almost like you can do all things you're invincible you're bold and daring but he's uh, through the book he shows that the opposite is actually the best leaders acknowledge their weaknesses and I think uh, you know especially you know the way I'm wired administration is not my best ta- like. Uh, gift um but he also has i think he has another book i can't remember what it's called but it's basically kind of leading from your strengths as well so you know in 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 the business world and in in the world there's (laughs) a lot of evaluations that go on and there's usually here's the things you need to work on well instead of focusing on those first kind of 
get your strength, like work on your strength, cultivate and develop those, make those strengths even stronger and then get help with where you're uh, weak. And I think that's been something that's been a help for me. I think that, you know, early on in uh, my first ministry, there was a book that came out by uh, Kent Hughes, and um, he wrote it. It was called Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome. Mm. And, you know, and when you're in your first pastorate, you, you, I mean, in some ways, you're driven to to want to succeed. And uh, that, that book was a really important book to read through. Kent Hughes at that time was the thing that opened the book up, he tells a story about, you know, he was called to plant this church. You know, all the demographics were right. He was the young pastor. You know, he was gifted. He was all the, you know, he, and he's going to go plant this church. And it was a, a miserable failure. And, uh, you know, he, he ended up being called to College Church in Wheaton, Illinois, having a long-term ministry. He's written and edited a number of books on preaching and a series called Preach the Word. I mean, a truly gifted person, but uh, that book kind of came out of that, uh, his experience. It was called Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome, and I think it had a huge impact on me early on. Just to wrap all of this up, I would just say that it was another Paul David Tripp book for me um, called Lead. Um, I don't know if you guys have mm-hmm. had the opportunity to read that book. I think it's something like 12 Gospel Principles for Leadership or something like that, 10 Gospel. And I found that to be helpful. Um, it's it's very much a, a book that's trying to get you to be self-reflective on um, just where you subtly have shifted away from Gospel Principles and more reliance on yourself. So it was helpful for me just to do some self-evaluation. Mm. Well, we are out of time for today. We will pick this up again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.